This is your key to success in the handmade business. Here in the Chat with Crafters podcast, you'll learn from those who have succeeded and taken their business from zero to hero. Now you can level up. Here's your host, Charles Audler. Today we have a special guest, and her name is Ashley. Ashley has gone from a normal nine to five job making 26000 a year, and she grew her part-time embroidery business to a point where she can quit her day job, and she is consistently making a six-figure income. Ashley talks about her bodybuilding and uh, creating and following trends, and uh, she also talks about importing from China. All right, so tell us a little bit about your bodybuilding hobby. Um, well, I needed to start working out because when you own a business and it's, and it, you're really busy, you need something to take your mind off of it and de-stress. So I invested myself into working out and then I got a little obsessed with working out and wanted to push myself. And I got into the bodybuilding, uh, competition thing probably for the past three years. Um, I'm taking a little bit of time off because of the sandals hit, which I guess we're about to talk about. Um, but I, I tell you, you have to find something that if you're really busy, you need to have something for you. And my me thing was eating clean and working out. And it always felt good just to go to the gym. Like I love boxing and I love just getting my aggressions out in a positive manner. I mean, some people choose to drink and do whatever, but I wanted to do something a little healthier um, initially. And that's why I started bodybuilding and it's helped me a lot when I eat clean, like it helps my mental health, which helps me with the customers, which I guess we're going to talk about too. <laughs> right. How long were you doing the bodybuilding for? Um, I started the bodybuilding whenever we moved here. Um, and we've lived here for three years. Uh, it'll be next month. So I could, I guess I've been in the bodybuilding industry for three years. Um, I have, I've, I don't know, I've placed in competitions, but like I've never won a big one or anything. Um, like my, the most recent one I did was last year and I got second place and I was like, woo. But, um, this year I haven't done any just because of the sandals. Um, so I still eating clean and enjoying life and I'm, a lot more fit than I was earlier in the year now. So my, my trainer's talking about wanting, wanting to put me in a competition this year, but it's probably not going to happen. So maybe again next year, we'll see. <laughs> I'm sure most listeners are probably wondering, um, you know, there's kind of like a, a negative stigma towards like women bodybuilders. Did you have to deal with any of that or? Um, yeah, like people on the internet. Okay. First and foremost, like I am not like this big beefy person. I am a lean person. I did more of the bikini kind of fitness, um, competitions, not like per really big bodybuilding where people's voices kind of change a little bit. No offense to them, but a lot of people's voices change <laughs> and <laughs> they look really kind of masculine. Well, that's not what I'm going for. And, <laughs> I'm sure your husband thanks you for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Eric's like, no, no. Um, but I, I really, I've had people comment really negatively, but people are going to be negative no matter what. This is, is an age and an era where people are very brave behind a computer screen and you have people that just want to bring you down when they think that you're doing well in life and whatnot. And they're going to say negative things. They're going to say, oh, my God, you look like a man. Oh, my God, why do your abs look like that? Why do you have veins on your abs? That's disgusting. And, you know, 
people work really hard. And whenever you tear them down for something like that, it's really, I mean, why do you benefit by putting somebody else down? Like, no, we really should encourage each other as in a society, but I could go on about this all day long. Um, but yeah, people were really nasty and negative and they told me a little, like I had a man face and I'm totally like, I'm not that big and bulky or anything, especially right now. Like I look more feminine than I ever have. And I'm just like, people are just going to be trolling out there on the internet. So don't that let them get true. you down. <laughs> right. So how did you get started in a handmade business? Um, well, I've always been more of a creative type, I guess you could say. But when I worked, um, in Fort Campbell, Eric was deployed and I decided to get a monogramming machine. And, um, cause I mean, we lived in the South and I grew up in the South. And if, <laughs> if you have a kid, like everything in your child has to be monogrammed, it's just a way of life. And I started monogramming with that small machine. And then, um, I started getting a lot of orders and whatnot from like friends. And then, um, I don't know, I think Pinterest started back then and people started pinning, um, my state themed merchandise. And when they started pinning, I started to get 20 and 30 sales a day and my phone would go off constantly at work. And it got to be so overwhelming that when I got off work from CYS, I would come home and work, or I would even come home on my lunch break and try to do a shirt then. But I'd come home from work and work until the next day when I go to actual like physical work. And then on the weekends, I wouldn't leave the house because I was doing orders. So, and it was probably at that point where we decided that I needed just to dedicate myself to the business or just stop doing the business. And then um, when Eric got back from deployment, he bought me the mega machine. And that's when we decided that I needed to put my full focus into the pink mustache. So some of your initial challenges were uh, time-based, like you didn't have enough time because you were working a full-time job. Um, so at what point, you know, did you say, okay, I'm going to make enough to be able to jump ship and just do this full-time? Like what exactly happened? Were you, you know, making what your income was or, you know, what gave you the courage to just jump and take the leap of faith? Um, I would say, I mean, I was making a lot more with the Etsy orders than I ever was working with, you know, CYS. And so I knew that if I dedicated myself to something um, like my business, like I was doing, that I could make even more money. But I was getting, I was making a lot of money within, I think, a two-week period. I don't know if I, like, the website went viral or something on Pinterest, but I had to close down my Etsy shop because I remember one week I had, like, 200 orders, and I was I was thinking there's no way I can do all of this and maintain a full-time job and sanity. Not that I'm ever really sane, to be honest, but <laughs> that's just who I am. <laughs> But 200 orders was definitely encouraging. Oh, yeah. Whenever you see that you have a sales growth and it's steadily growing and you know that you're going to have to really reevaluate how you're going to do your time management with life and everything, you might need to focus on the business. And honestly, it's like what you put your time and your effort into. Like, I, I'll stay up till 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning thinking about new ideas for the business or looking and seeing 
like if there's any new fonts or whatever, so I can stand out amongst other shops, you know, I just honestly have always believed if you work harder to accomplish something, you can do it. I mean, that's why I did the bodybuilding because I've always wanted to do that. I've always wanted to be really fit and I push myself to reach a goal. And that's just how I am with my business too. That's how I am as a, a person. So, so do you think uh, differentiation is, is important in what you do? I do, but there's always going to be somebody out there that's going to copy you no matter what. <clears throat> you just have to try to do something to stand out amongst other people. Like with my state merchandise, I was one of the first people to start doing state appliques on like shirts with initials. But this, mind you, this was three years ago. And now everybody did that. And now that's over. But I started doing that and it was, it hit. And then other people started doing it too. So then I was like, well, what should I do now? And so I had to, you have to keep thinking about the next new thing. If you want, if you have a business like I do, that's, that's honestly what you have to do right now. I'm talking to China suppliers to see what they're manufacturing, which is going to be, what's the next really big thing to hit. Uh, Oh, that's awesome. So do you follow trends or you try to jump on board a trend right when it starts? Or do you try to create the trend? Um, honestly, <laughs> I've always tried to create trends. If you re- reference the trash bag pants, I mean, that's an inside joke, but I, um, always try to start ahead of the trend, but I know if something's going to sell, of course, I'm going to sell it too. Like if customers are asking for a particular brand like Charles river, I'm going to go get Charles river. However, if I think I like something and I'm like, oh, I'm going to try to push this, um, I'm going to go for it. And sometimes I just sell stuff that I like because, hey, I like this. I'm going to make it for me. My friends like this. So this is what I'm going to do, too. So honestly, you want to start trends, but you're not always going to start the trend. Um, Sometimes you just got to follow the trend and sometimes you just got to make it. It just depends. Um. I mean, we all want to say we can start a trend, but you're not always going to. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, with the China suppliers, is it? Do you find that a difficult process? Like, do you go through like AliExpress or? Um. Yes. How do you reach out and how do you translate? You know, do they speak English? I mean, what... <laughs> oh Lord. Um. So the sandals craze. Well, I. My website this year in February went crazy viral. Um, One day on my personal website, I got 194 orders. And the next day, I got 220 orders. That's just within a two-day period. Um, And I knew that my stateside suppliers for those sandals, they were not going to be able to do it. So I got on Alibaba, or I think that's how you say that, (laughs) Um, and started talking to suppliers, which was very stressful for me um, because I had never done it before. And so I researched and I researched and then I, I got to talk to these people and I ended up finding two suppliers that I really trust that I used for the sandals. Um, one of them really let me down with shipping costs because I ended up having to pay more shipping when it, when it got to port and it really bothered me because she said everything was paid for. So You just have to be very careful and do your research with your suppliers if you're going to order from overseas. And it's also scary to order from overseas because it's not like you're getting onesies and twosies like you do when you order stateside. I ordered, okay, for the sandals, I sold over 4,000 pairs of sandals this year. 
And I ordered, my first order was for 500 because that was the minimum that my supplier would allow me to order. And it's stressful because what you have to order a certain amount in each size and whatnot. And so it is stressful in the aspect where you're like, oh my gosh, this, these are cheap, like cost wise. However, you have to sell all of them. And if you don't sell them, you're stuck with all this product. So you have to be, I mean, you have to know and you have to be confident that you're going to sell what you're ordering from these overseas suppliers. And you have to know um, that you're they're legitimate because you do not want to order from someone that doesn't let you use PayPal, for instance. I said I had to use PayPal. I, t- I paid 3% more because I used PayPal, but I knew that that would protect me in case anything negative were to happen. Right. Um, PayPal will honor um, those overseas transactions. Is that right? So if, if for whatever reason they don't yeah. deliver... Yes. They'll reimburse you. Can open you. Up a okay. case. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So I guess there's not a whole lot of risk, minus that you're getting all the inventory, and if you don't sell it, you're stuck with yes, it. Yes, and the aspect that it takes a very long time to get my inventory, because my first supplier also kept delaying the inventory coming in, which the customers were really upset as well, because she initially told me that they were going to be delivered in four weeks, and they didn't get delivered to me until eight weeks. So you can only imagine how many swear words were coming my way for a little while all over some monogram sandals, but you know, it's the risk that you take. Um, and I threatened her with so many PayPal cases, but you know, that happens. And, and you know, if you order from overseas, there's going to be a delay. So just go ahead and add two weeks to whatever they tell you because oh, they'll stress you out. What was the average ship time that you had to deal uh, with? Well, the thing is, it's like I ordered it, and there was always like four to six weeks for them to produce it. But if it was in stock, I could have it the next day because everything I ordered, they normally send through FedEx. And I live right outside of Memphis, and that's where FedEx is located. So they fly it right into FedEx, and then they deliver it to me the next day, which is great. But <laughs> the only thing that took long a long time was production value. So if I needed to order more and more sandals, which I ended up doing, I would have them within a couple of days. So that was nice. So the sandals, um, just to explain to listeners, what were they exactly? They were a sandal and you, you monogrammed onto them? Right. They're the medallion sandals with, they were sports themed. The majority of people, because I've started the craze in February, um, were ordering baseball sandals. So they're around medallion and I put their child's number, their child's name, their child's team, or their initials on the sandals. And I sold them for nineteen ninety nine, and they were at such a cheap price, which I probably should have gone up on the price, that I sold a lot of them. I paid for advertising, but I shouldn't have even had to pay for it. Like, I didn't even pay that much to advertise them. I always use Facebook advertising just because most people are always on Facebook. I buy things off Facebook. So I use them for marketing, and it had been shared over 2 million times, but I only like I only was charged just a portion of that because it was all an organic, if y'all know how um, Facebook works when they do their uh, marketing and whatnot on there. So I don't know if anybody's familiar with their advertising program, but if it's an organic reach, then you, they don't charge you for the output of people. But yeah, they were shared over 2,000 times. Um, so they're baseball football and softball, but the majority of them that I sold were baseball. If you could take a moment and go to the Chat with Crafters website at www.chatwithcrafters.com 
scroll all the way to the bottom and into your email address, you'll receive our current free giveaway. These giveaways will change over time, and the sooner that you sign up, the sooner you'll get on the list to gain access to all current and future freebies and special offers that we have. So head on over to chatwithcrafters.com, scroll to the bottom of the page, and enter your email address today. You put these out there, and they just went viral, and... What was life like at that time? Um, well, I was very stressed out. Um, at first, it was great because I didn't have the inventory here, so I didn't have to worry about it. And you just hear the cha-ching, 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 and then you get a little overwhelmed because I ended up with, like I said, four, over 4,000 pairs that I sold. So then when they come in, they come in on a huge truck, and they're delivered right to your house. But I literally didn't leave my house for weeks. I was working. And I mean, honestly, I showered probably like once or twice a week. I know that's gross, but it's the truth. Like everything is not all cupcakes and rainbows and life isn't great whenever you're deemed somewhat successful in life. Like it's not always going to be pretty. I had to get people to come help me. I was paying people to come in and out of my house because I do work from my home. And my poor kids, like, they didn't go or do anything really fun for at least three weeks. But I did not leave my house for three weeks. Um, my husband helped me whenever he got off work every day. He wasn't happy about that either. <laughs> um, he took truckloads to uh, the post office for me because the post office wouldn't pick up all the amount that I was shipping out each day, but I did, I, it was so, it's, I never thought there was going to be an end in sight. Like it was that bad. Um, I timed it out. I had to buy another, um, industrial monogramming, like six needle machine to put in the shop because there was no way that I physically could keep going with just one machine. So I got another machine so I could double my, my time and my speed. So I had it where I could do a hundred sandals a day, but I literally was, was just dying <laughs> in my shop. And the people think that everything's great whenever you sell stuff and they see where I'd go and do things and have nice vacations and whatnot. But I work hard, very hard every day. Like I'll stay up till one or two in the clock in the morning trying to get everything done. So I can go on vacation or I can go do nice things with my kids and my husband and have a nice life. Like I move around my schedule so I can be at things for my kids and then I'll come home and work longer and long nights. And everybody thinks that it's just easy and life's just cupcakes and rainbows, but it's not like you have to put in the work if you really want to have a successful business. Cause it's not always going to be easy and you're going to have to those times where it's fourth quarter um, of the year and it's shopping season and everybody's trying to get their Christmas orders in and you're going to be stuck fulfilling orders until December 20th. Like from November to December, I know I'm not doing anything but working. It's just how it's always been since I've had the business. And you have to know that you need to sacrifice if you want to be successful at this. Good point. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of times seem like, yeah, they, they see that you're successful or, you know, they imagine the success or like, oh, she has this many sales. Um, you know, she goes on vacations and does this and that, but they don't realize you know, you're putting in 12 hours, 16 hour days. You're not going on vacation when other people are going on vacation. Right. Uh, you know, some people are taking Christmas time off and you're working up until the last moment. Yes. Like this past Christmas, I worked until December 23rd 
And I, Eric made me take off the 24th and the 25th. <laughs> he was like, we're having family time. And I said, all right then. But yes, I did. It wasn't pretty. It's not always going to be pretty, but it's worth it. If you like want to make money, you have to sacrifice. Definitely makes sense. So what, what are some of the initial challenges that you had with your business? Um, well, I started off with Etsy and it's very difficult on there because, um, I don't want to say Etsy's pro customer more than they are a pro seller, but it's honestly the truth. <laughs> um, customers, I love customers, but I also have moments to where I just want to, I just want to scream because turnaround time and whatnot. I, I do my best to decrease my turnaround time, but I have orders coming in constantly. So it's hard to decrease that time. And they don't understand that there's 150 to 200 people in front of their order. They just see, Hey, this is really cute. And I want it. And I want it right now. And they want that instant gratification. And some sellers break their back to do that. Well, I'm all about balance because I know that I would get super burnt out if I had an order come in right now and I went upstairs and I did it right now, like that's just not feasible. And for the sellers that do that, God bless you, but you make it really hard on the rest of us. Um, but I don't know if those sellers are able to push out the amount of inventory, um, that the bigger shops do. So it's frustrating because you have your turnaround time listed everywhere constantly. You also have directions about how to put your order in everywhere. Like I have it in my policy statement. I have it even on my shipping page. I have my directions all in my turnaround time on every listing and every place that I sell, but people don't read a lot of the time and they just click buttons and they're super happy and then they want it. And I just have to be like, Hey you guys, I'm not Amazon prime. I mean, I love some Amazon prime, but that's not me. Um, so initially that was really challenging and, and I'm not great at customer service, <laughs> um, which is also why I work out so much because I do my best to, to be good and be patient and be nice with responding. But people aren't nice these days. Like they're just, it's just not how our society is. They're going to cuss you out before they realize that they were actually kind of a little bit wrong. Um, and it's, they're like, I read that this was going to be to be by Friday and I ordered it Monday. And I'm like, I'm sorry. And how do you say, no, you're wrong. You did not. That was nowhere. You can't say it like that. You have to be like, Hey, I'm sorry that you, um, saw that somewhere. Uh, but this is what it says. And I have to like screenshot everything from the shop for them to understand. And then they get offended because if you screenshot them, anything, so it's a give and a take. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I went off on a tangent again, but that's where I struggled. And I still struggle with that today. Like I have so many customer stories about just pure craziness. People saying that they ordered from me, leaving me a bad review on my Facebook site. And they never even ordered from me in the first place. They just wanted something for free. Um, and that's going to happen. People are going to do that. Uh, it's just how it is. And you just try to be positive and try not to focus on onesies and twosies and look at the overall scheme of things. Like, you know, it's just going to happen. That's just how it is. <laughs> so how do you keep from taking it personal? Because I would imagine with the volume of sales that you've had over the last few years, you've probably had a 
a plethora of, of negative customer feedback um, just because of the nature of, like you said, the customer and society today. So how do you deal with that? Um, you know, how do you stay positive and how do you not let that get you down? I mean, I'm not going to lie. It gets to me every time that I see a negative review pop up. Like I get like a little bit of anxiety and then I get mad at myself. And then my husband has to be like, Hey, Ashley, you've, you know, on Etsy, I've got, you know, nearly 20,000 sales or something like that. Six, I don't know a lot. Um, and then on my website, I've got, I just opened my website last year and I've got over 5,000 sales on my website. Um, He's just like, listen, look at how many sales that you have completed and compare that to how many people are contacting you for something negative. You have to look at the big scheme of things. If I let every bad situation tear me down, then I would go nowhere. Like I would just stop and give up and then I would be nothing. So you have to look at the big whole scheme of things. Like earlier this week, I don't know if Etsy changed their algorithm or whatever. People are talking about that. Also stay off these Facebook groups because all they do is stress you out and everybody's situation is different, but you're just going to see a bunch of negative in these Facebook groups. Okay. Just that's another thing. Like I hate Facebook groups because <laughs> sometimes they're informative and other times people just start throwing random things out there. But anyway, so earlier this week, um, my sales were down and it was like, what, what's happening? Why are my sales down? But today they're back up yesterday. They were back up. Um, I forgot where I was going with this, to be honest. <laughs> I know plenty of times Etsy changes their algorithms and it seems to directly affect, um, you know, sellers. So, right. you know, you might be doing really well and then all of a sudden out of nowhere, sales just drop off and it just doesn't make sense. You know, is it seasonal? Is it, you know, you you question where, where is it coming from? So, and if it's Etsy itself, there's not much you can do no. about that. And with Etsy right now too, like they, they went public, uh, what, two years ago and then they just got another CEO and they just laid off a lot of the percentage of their employees too. So people are just really scared to be on Etsy, but you always have to have a backup plan. If you want to own your own business, you can't just completely outsource yourself to Etsy and not do anything else. That's why I opened up the other website because you can't just focus on one way. Like you need, if you're going to be successful and if you want to have a bigger business, then you need to go branch out other than just Etsy. But yeah, so I was stressed out. Um, but last week was like a record sales week and then it just went to, to zero really quickly. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, what's happening. Um, but like I said, it's back up now. So Sometimes you just have to look at your SEOs or, or, you, or whatnot, and then you just have to play around and change some pictures and make the best of it. Uh, but, yeah, you're always going to have something negative that's going to try to bring you down. But you just have to look at, like, the whole picture and just keep – sometimes things aren't going to sell and sometimes things aren't going to work. Um, and then you just keep trucking along and then you'll find your next thing. Or you can just change a picture and people will start ordering it left and right. I mean, honestly, that's just how it all is. It's marketing. Um, and people like pretty clean pictures. You, I wouldn't buy something that looked grainy or gross. So just whenever you're taking your time to make a listing, make sure it's nice. Make sure it's something you would want to catch your eye that you would like. That's definitely good advice. Um, maybe give us one or two of your customer service experiences, you know, the crazy customer and, and how you've handled that. Um, I, I know you've had plenty, <laughs> so 
if you could share some stories. I'm trying to think of just one or two. I mean, they all start running together after a while. And like, I try not to think of them anymore because it just kills me. I think the most recent one was the person that was on my Facebook that left me the negative review and they didn't even order from me. Um, Because I looked up their name, asked for their email and everything. And they were literally just wanting something for free. Um, (laughs) I just... I can't get over what goes in people's heads to think that that's okay. I guess since they thought that I was selling so many of them that I would just add in another order. Um, but I've had people, I don't know. Um, when we lived in Clarksville, somebody knocked on my door one time and I was like, never again am I putting my, um, home address as the return <laughs> address. <on anything." laughs> I was like, Oh my God. Because people are scary these days. Like, don't put your home address anywhere where they can find it. I also have my phone number listed. Oh, somebody did threaten my life over the sandals. They said they were going to drive here from Louisiana and show me how terrible of a person I was or something. And I was like, okay, well, have a blessed day. I mean, what do you say? Um They were just mad because they had to wait so long. So I just refunded their order, which made them more angry. So, I mean, they really wanted their sandals. Basically, they wanted their sandals and they didn't believe me. But I even posted like tracking and everything. I was ridiculous with the sandals. Like every day I would say what, which order number I made it through so they would know because they, they had their four digit order numbers that went in order. And they, they would check it constantly. And, I, you know, I had some really big cheerleaders in there. Like, I had some awesome customers that were super great with that. And then you're going to have the ones that are just not happy no matter what. Like, you're just going to have those people that when you hit message number 23 on a custom order on Etsy, you know they're not going to be happy no matter what you do. Because right. <laughs> they're, they're just not going to like it. And they keep changing their mind. And eventually you're like, okay, well. I don't think I want to do this custom order anymore, but you don't cancel it or anything. You just try to fulfill it. And you know, you're just about to get a one star, one or two star review because they changed their mind. They don't like it again. And it's just going to happen. <laughs> did the sandals just fall off or did you decide I'm done with the sandals for a while? How did you make a decision to move on from that? Was it just sales started to decline? Did it just hit and then fade off? Or did you just say, I can't do this anymore? I mean, I'm still selling sandals. But I made the price go up on them so they would go to these other sellers because I am so tired of seeing sandals. Like, I was dreaming about sandals. <laughs> when you sell 4,000 pairs and you go through all of them, you're like, okay, I'm done. I mean, my shop still, I still have sandals. But, I mean, I sell probably like one or two pair a day still, not compared to what I was selling. But, it, honestly, everything goes with the seasons. Um, I do sell the football ones more now because it's almost football season. Um, and I'll start pushing those again when it gets closer to football season. But right now I just kind of, I told Eric, my husband, I was like, listen, I'm not ready to find the new thing right now. I just need some Zen time. And I mean, sometimes you just need a minute just to breathe. Um, so I'm not pushing anything crazy right now. Uh, I'm not, I'm marketing, but not like I could forcefully because I want to go on vacations and I want to enjoy life for a minute before I hit that back to school craze, which I'm starting to hit right now. And then before you hit that fourth quarter where everybody's like, Oh crap, I have to get Christmas presents. So when you get back into the swing of things, um, what do you think you'll be focusing on for your business? Are you going to be looking at new products or SEO, you know, marketing your website? Like what do you, 
what do you plan on focusing on to grow your business? Um, I'll probably be looking more at what I need to get in inventory as far as what's going to be hot this fall. Um, like last fall, it was the Sherpas and I thought the Sherpas were crazy, but the sandals were crazy. Um, cause I sold probably like a thousand Sherpas between October and December of last year. Um, those are those little pullovers that look like sheep's wool on the outside. Um, so I'll probably be focusing to figure out what's the next big thing. Can I order it in bulk? And then I'll start advertising on it. Um, my big thing now is if I advertise something, I want to make sure I can get a lot of it and have me a good supplier because you don't want to push something and not be able to have the inventory to back it up and have to cancel orders. Cause that's just a no go. You don't ever want to be like that. But there is a risk of having the inventory and being stuck. Right. And, and so what would you do in that situation? Uh, <laughs> I haven't, luckily I've never been in that situation. Um, I mean, you can always do a sale. Like that's what the bigger places do. You could do a sale to just try to get rid of it. Um, but I wouldn't order 500 if, unless I knew they were going to sell. Like, I'm that confident. I know that sounds crazy. But I'm confident in what I purchase bulk of that I will be able to sell it. I see. So you're not just taking a random risk and finding something overseas and just say, I'm going to order 5,000 of these. Gosh, no. That's, that's stupid. People that do that stress me out. I'm like, what are you thinking? You have to know, like, if I'm going to see something, I'm going to know that I can get it from some other seller, seller stateside for a little bit more. But then if I see that it's selling stateside really well, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to order a bunch of it. Because I know that just like with those silly fidget spinners, nobody's going to be able to find them. And they're going to pay out the wazoo for them. What advice do you have for listeners? Um, if you want something bad enough, you will work hard for it. If you say that you don't have time for something, that means that you don't care enough about it. So these, this is going to sound, sound like I'm going off on a tangent again, but if you see all these people complaining on these Facebook groups, because they don't have sales or they think they blame it all on someone else. Blame yourself because you can work harder to achieve what you want to achieve. You just have to put the time and the effort into it. And if you look at me and say that you don't want to sell popular things that everybody else is selling, then don't complain that you're not having sales because that's the reason you're not having sales. Sometimes you're just going to have to go with the trend if you want to make money, even if you don't like it. If you really want to make money and you're complaining because you don't have anything, you will sell whatever you need to sell to be to to make money. Um, and it depends on what you're in this for, too. If you're in it to make money, you're in it to make money. And if you're in it for fun, then you're in it for fun. Um, I'm in it for both because I enjoy what I do. I love what I do. If I did not love what I did, I would not be working 16-hour days to 18-hour days. Um I just honestly have always been taught and fully believe that if you want something bad enough, you can work hard for it and good things will come and you're going to have setbacks, but don't let that hinder yourself from pushing on and keep on going. Like that's just my two cents. Um, that's definitely good advice for those out there who are struggling. Um, and, and they're, you know, they're wondering why they're not 
succeeding, but maybe, um, you know, maybe sometimes you got to look within and, and figure out uh, what's holding you back. Right. You always, I mean, you can do your research and whatnot. And like, there are people that are going to charge you for their however many steps to success. But honestly, you just need to do your own research. Like look and see what the successful shops are doing and compare yourself to them. Like, what are they doing that I'm not doing? And how can I be better at what I'm doing? I mean, that's what I do. (laughs) Honestly, I'm like, why am I not doing well this month? What am I doing wrong? Am I not spending enough time checking out my SEOs? Or am I not spending enough time looking to see if my pictures look nice? Or do I need to add more listings? You know? That's great advice. If uh, someone wants to check out your business or uh, reach out to you, how can they find you? Um, I have my Facebook page, which is The Pink Mustache. And then I have my website, which is www.thepinkmustache.com. And then on Etsy, I'm Pink Mustache One <laughs> um, because the pink mustache was taken, and Etsy won't let me get the pink mustache. But <laughs> um, I've—I mean, you can message me on Facebook, which is probably more preferable. Um, or you can press, uh, message me on Etsy or you can, um, email me at the pink mustache at yahoo.com. Uh, but there's a link to that on my website too. So, well, Ashley, uh, thank you very much for being part of the show and, uh, look forward to seeing you again. <laughs> thank you, Charles. You've reached the end of this episode of chat with crafters. More episodes are coming soon to stay updated with each release. Subscribe on iTunes. If you like this podcast, please leave a rating and review. Thanks for tuning in to Chat with Crafters. See you next time.